Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And it's the 16th of May, 2023. Mm, lovely. Lovely. No show next week. No show next week. Nobody cry. We're just going to let this show run out. That means we have to make this show that much more special. Right. And that's easy enough. Well, it's easy enough because we do. We up our game every week just for you, just for each other. So, uh, by the way, thank you for all the kind donations that came in. One of the, my favorite donations that came in was, uh, and and uh, I'm not going to mention the name because I don't have it in front of me, frankly. But I just recall the email that he sent. You want me to tell you what he said? Of course. He said, you know, it's about time that I donate. Let me tell you why I haven't donated thus far. Some time ago, you mentioned about this Dyson air a hair dryer that was unbelievable. And uh, my wife heard about it. She had to buy it. That was $450. <laughs> and that led to her buying the hair straightener, which was another $500. And that led her to buy another curling something or other. From Dyson, that was another four fifty, and now that I'm done with all those payments, here's your goddamn money, Horowitz. <laughs> well, he can complain all he wants, but his wife must be gorgeous. Gorgeous, I said to him. That's exactly what I said. I said, send us a picture of her hair and and the beautiful, you know, the, the way it's just done, and it must be fantastic. I haven't seen the email yet. But I thought that was yeah, a really good uh, donation. But we are trying. The, the site will get faster right now after it's broken down uh, with donations. Go over to dhplug.com, but it's going to hit you right in the beginning of the show. Uh, and, and hit on the little yellow donate tab. It's the season. It's the summer. It's the time when you should be giving because most people are out uh, taking care of themselves. But no, not you. You're learning about, you know, finance, investments, and having some fun with John and I. So do that. Okay. Uh, we have uh, the new CTP for PacWest, right? Uh, yeah. That, that's, yeah. How's that doing? That's so uh, we got a lot of people that are involved in that. It's a wild one all over the place. It was down about 12% today. Whoever comes on this one is going to get a super duper like bonus just kiss from us. Just an amazing wowzer. Oh, it's going to be a hard one to do. Yeah. And and let's hope. Probably it's still the guy in, business. in the thatched hut. <laughs> let's hope it's still in business by then. <laughs> the time this goes. Oh, we have U.S. The U.S. default to the default. We got a creating a problems only to fix a problem, as old politicians seem to do all the time. And and the media is all over this. They just want to create just misery, don't they? Well, it's newsworthy, so it's something you can have fun with. Do you know how many people that I thought were pretty? I would say level-headed of like, I got a text from somebody. Say, should I go to, should I go, not to go to cash. Should I get cash? Should I go get cash? Like as in, this is a Y2K moment. Brother. Or somebody's like, you know what? 87 dipsy do. Should I pull my money out of treasuries? Like, where, where, why? Where are you going? Which is interesting, actually. You could, you could tell that there's a lot of stress in the system. Because the one-month treasury is now trading at 5.6%, where the three-month treasury is trading at 5.2%. So the problem wow. is if the government defaults, they default on the closest payment, right? Yeah. Not the one that's doing in five years from now because that's not defaulting. It's the one that's coming due like soon. So if you're in that, in that date range of when it's coming due – and that's when the default happens, you get screwed, supposedly. Well, let's start with this premise. Yes. We're not defaulting. Oh, no? <laughs> Do tell. We're not defaulting. This happens all the time, and it's the same old, same old. We've heard, I, we've gone through this over and over again in the last decade. And, you know, it depends on who's in office and what they want to do and what they, what their orientation is, what they're trying to accomplish. And they push the default idea and get it in the news media, and everyone gets all freaky 
and nobody ever defaults. The worst case scenarios, they go into, if you recall the, the term, I'll bring it up again, the, the continuing resolution. Continuing resolution. And then they throw that out there and it's, it just kicks the can down the road, which is another term you're going to hear. Oh, kicking the can down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good one. Yeah, you got the continuing resolution. You got the kicking the can down the road and if the horror stories about what would happen if we defaulted and blah, blah, blah. You know, our show does fo focus on that all those phrases and terms that are used and we really hit those hard a lot don't we well you might as well because they're gonna you might as well because it's predictive you can you can predict all this stuff and you sound like a genius but it's not really as much a prediction as a reiteration of the past right and if the u.s defaults listen let's be real here for a second the u.s truly defaulting on their debt is apocalyptic financially. <laughs> that's just no yeah, good. Hair on fire. Yeah. It's but no, it really is. It's bad. It, it, if, if they it do, it wouldn't happen. That's why it's never going to happen. happen. There's can't no reason happen. for it to. Can't happen. There's so, no reason for it to happen. Right. We're climbing this wall of worry. Everybody's freaking out about this. You know, what should we do? And then, of course, because this is a non issue, markets would probably be like, oh, relieved, relieved. You know, you'll see bond prices probably come back into normal. A little bit more normal uh, skews from the you know the one month being less than the three month. You would hope to see that at least, and everybody would breathe a big sigh of relief. <gasps> oh, fantastic! Meanwhile, just to let everybody know, I mean, in terms of perspective, I think it's been seventy times has either been a uh, continuing resolution or some kind of increase in the debt ceiling since like World War Two. So that's like once a year, give or take. Yeah, <laughs> give or take, right about. Um, and I think in total has been like a hundred and I don't know, five times that, that we've had this happen. And it's not good that these politicians are such morons that they can't get their budget straight. And if they, you know, they spend constantly ahead of actually, um, doing anything. I mean, the, the billions of dollars that are being spent, I was reading a story the other day about some nuclear power plant that is like, I don't remember the numbers, like 12 billion over budget. I'm thinking to myself, what does that actually mean? How do you get $12 billion over budget? I mean, if you had, I'm going to bring out a calculator here. It was a second. scam to, to begin with. That's the only reason you do I, that. No, but to get that, if you, get you this, have if you get a half pregnant thing, it's a the thousand old. people at $250,000 a year, that's $250 million. So you hired an extra thousand people on top of whatever you have already. And all these construction people and all the people working on this made $250,000 a year, which is a decent salary for that, right? Yeah. I mean, you got somebody digging and craning and all this stuff. That's $250 million. Let's increase that by a factor of two. Let's say it's two years. That's $500 million. And let's say you buy another five hundred. million million dollars, $500 million of just general, I don't know, cement contracting. It's a billion dollars. How do you get to 12 billion over, over budget? Yeah. You have to assume the other stuff's already budgeted in. I don't know. It's a, that because somebody's pocketing money. That's what it really amounts to. That's, Come not, on. that's not a skim though. That's, that's a whole different level, right? It's, it's, up, it's, it's beyond our pay grade. It's, oh, unbelievable. Anyway, uh, we have big news, big, big news. I know this is something that's going to interest you. we got to talk about this. There's two or three things. One of them is the news in the world of badminton. Big, big news. Uh, one month, T-Bill, I mentioned to you. Okay, there we go. Um, so I know you're sitting on your pins and needles about that. We also have a swimsuit edition reveal for the Sports Illustrated. Really fascinating. Uh, in terms of the market, stocks are relatively impervious, have not gone anywhere. There's resilient, if you want to call it that, uh, within a range, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, small cap's not doing well. Dow's not doing well, but the S&P 500 is like stuck. It's like a little up, a little bit down, a little up, a little down. Every day it seems to do this. NASDAQ is the one that's on fire, and that is definitely what I see is these big boys are buying uh, up the tech, so that's a big issue. Year to date, the Dow Jones Industrial down about 1%. NASDAQ 100 up 18%. It's got a 19% differential. 
to hedge funds are crowding the trade again. And you know what I say? A crowded trade makes a very difficult exit. Well, explain this a little bit. So all the hedge funds, what they're doing is they're saying, okay, where can I go? I want to be invested. I want to be in something. I need to be in something. Where can we go? And they start seeing all the other guys going into Google because of their discussion of AI and the fact that they keep on making money. And does a recession really cause a lot of real pain for Google with all the things they have? They're looking at Apple, that people are going to spend their last dollar maybe on a phone rather than on, I don't know, air conditioning or something. Who knows? Whatever it is, right? Uh, or in a refrigerator for that matter. Um, you look at all these big names and they have identified them as not recession proof, but better off. Very good balance sheets, cash on the books, not going anywhere. Maybe a slowdown, but not going anywhere. So all these hedge funds managers, you see them, they're buying. You know, this one's buying Google and add to his or Alphabet, add his position in Alphabet and Apple and, you know, cut their positions in Caterpillar, but added to, let's say, um, you know, what is the other big name? Uh, it could be maybe a um, uh, like a Tesla or or even a Microsoft for that matter. You know, this is the thing that's going on right now. So now they got this big crowded trade where all the money keeps pushing in. You can see it daily. Stuff is falling off a cliff. The banks are falling off a cliff. You see all these other names that are just like, oh, that's awful. And you see Google up 3% again and Microsoft up 1%. And Apple, it's down a dollar. It ends the day down five cents. You know, it can't get sold. And then you have on top of that, the knowledge by many of these hedge fund managers who are deploying this big chunks of money that other hedge fund managers are doing this. And at the same time, these companies are buying back their shares, creating a floor. So like, yeah, what the hell? Let's just put our money there. So this is becoming what's called a crowded trade where all these hedge funds are amassing big positions in these, uh, in these uh, names. And, what happens is when they exit, it gets sloppy. Now, they exit for one reason or another. It could be a thousand different reasons. Maybe they're like, well, maybe these aren't so recession-proof. Or maybe uh, they say, you know what? Now that the coast is clear, let's go back into more of the speculative names. Maybe it's time to start deploying money back to the banks. And all of a sudden, there's a cascade of money coming out of these big names. Yeah. It can happen. So that's that. Uh, and AI is making the rounds again. There you go. Uh, let's see here. Mm -hmm. Game of chicken. We know about that. Wonky action. Yeah, so um, I was I was mentioning this earlier, this wonky action with U.S. Treasuries. So the short-term debt is moving around a lot. We went from like a 5.2 to almost a 5.7%. Uh, it was actually about a 23 basis point move on the two months bills um, and on the one month bills. That, and that is a tremendous amount of, of movement on those bonds. I mean, that's just huge. In, in, in two days, a day, bonds aren't supposed to move like that. That's the point. It's supposed to be yeah. safe. And they're supposed to be, and not only that, this is not just bonds. This is the United States bonds. So... I guess we have to talk about Musk a little bit. We really have been, unfortunately, leaving him in the dust lately. But he's in the news again, if you haven't noticed. As a matter of fact, tonight he was on a CNBC exclusive. And there was a. I watched part of it. It was live. There was a painful, painful moment. Which David Faber asked him, and I'll paraphrase, you know, hey, why is it that you just keep on saying whatever you want on Twitter? Don't you care that some of the things are controversial? And the fact that you're saying this about George Soros and this and that, and that it may bother some people that are buying Teslas and it may cost you money. And there was this ridiculously long silence. Like, <laughs> like what's happening? Well, which is unusual for Musk. If you ever actually listen to me, he, he fills silence with muttering. This was silence. And I'm not sure if he was enraged, shocked, or just dumbfounded. But I think he was pretty pissed. And he looked away, and he was sitting there, and it took forever. Honestly, it took forever. And then he says, I'm reminded, because then he started his muttering, that I'm reminded of a scene from The Princess Bride. 
when the, I forgot who it was, the father said, give me all the money in the world, something of like this, give me all the money in the world and all the power in the world, I don't care. That was that. That was his answer to the yeah. accusation? Yep. Yeah, that sounds, seems sincere. Yep. Anyway, he hired uh, recently the ex-NBC Universal and chief of ads, Linda Yaccarino, Yaccarino, to be Twitter's CEO. Already they found there's too many ads, so whatever. I, my, 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 my stream is filled with obnoxiously just crazy ads constantly. Everybody's stretching their legs or something and socks and stuff. I don't know, maybe... I don't know what the problem is. It's a weird ad stream. Do you have a lot of ad, uh, ads on your stream? What stream? On Twitter. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't call it an excessive amount. That's annoying. Yeah, this, this got from not having any from a few years ago to like I got to like scroll and there's nothing there anymore. Well, I'll say this. Let's say this. I do get a bunch of ads on my stream, and most of them are ads that I'm interested in. No. Plus other stuff that I'm not interested in. I mean, there's a couple of things that are interesting that I like, but it's become just worthless. Here, there, something, but generally worthless. Really, seriously. And I never thought I'd say that. It's, it's just not okay, at well, all worthwhile anymore. In a nasty note. Yes, I will. Uh, Pay five bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. So when the announcement came that Elon Musk was hiring a CEO to take over for Twitter, Tesla stock got a bid. It's all exciting. We're going to get back to work at Tesla. Then he says, I'm excited to welcome Linda Yaccarino, Yaccarino as a new CEO of Twitter, Musk tweeted. He said, uh, she will focus primarily on business operations, while I will focus on product design and new technology. He added, looking forward to working with Linda to transform this platform into X, the everything app. Yes, X thing. Isn't that, doesn't that remind you of what Zuck said some years ago that, Facebook was going to be a centered app that you spend all your life on. Remember that? When I do. I didn't until you, you reminded me, but now that you mention it, very much like what Zuck said, and then he bailed on. He bailed, yeah. Yep. We have some more Musk. Tucker Carlson removed from position at Fox now, starting a new show on Twitter. On Twitter. Yeah. What does that ex actually mean? It doesn't mean anything to me until I see something. What what does forget about what Tucker Carlson's doing? What does a show on Twitter mean? Again, I don't know. It's not a, it's not it, YouTube. until I see it. Yeah. Um, right now, it doesn't mean anything. It means a lot of hot air. I mean, I guess you could stream live on there. I guess that's what you'll do. Oh yeah, they, 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 there's stuff on there that is streaming away. Mm, now we're gonna have channels. Great, that's all we need. One well, more Musk. First, you got to find it. Yeah. And you have to dig through the ads to find it. But yeah. It's not like I can just flip through my uh, YouTube TV oh, channels and there's right. Tucker. There's Tucker. Uh, Chief Executive Elon Musk said that the company can make no new hires unless he personally approves them, including contractors. So, according to this report, Musk told executives to send him a list of hiring requests on a weekly basis while also cautioning them to be and think clearly before submitting such requests. <laughs> think carefully, think carefully, which means don't well, send me the damn list, right? Yeah, that, yeah. I'm, remi I'm reminded of a story uh, that was told to me by Ziff Dave, Ziff, Bill Ziff had three secretaries. Uh, he was a busy guy. Oh. And one of them, I, I got one of them, at a bar or something to chat with her. And she told me this story about one of these sales guys would come in. And, you know, again, came in to meet with Bill and they had all, and Bill said, I think you're going to be one of the greatest sales guys we've ever had. Just keep me apprised of everything you're doing so I can follow your career. Mm. And she said, and so the guy started sending Ziff these memos like every couple days would be some another note that came in and she said bill blew up at one time so who the hell is this asshole that keeps sending me all this crap <laughs> yep that's how it is that's how it is seems a little bit uh too hands-on but 
Keep it going. Yeah. All right. Well, what then else we talk got? is cheap about tans on. Yep. Hey, I got a kick out of Yellen saying uh, she warns the. <laughs> did you hear Yellen's thing? She says she. I'll read the quote from the headline. Yellen warns U.S. default. A U.S. default could trigger a recession. <laughs> she's she's pretty hot on this. Yeah. I mean, she's yeah. obviously trying to. Spark- she's a visionary. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Yellen. But you know, I think that that. What she's doing is, I guess her role in all of this is to be the agitator, particularly related to Congress, to make sure yeah. they don't sit around and do nothing. What do you think? Because she's, she's been pretty vocal. I don't think anybody pays any attention to her. That's true. I don't care how vocal she is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 find, I find that we have the same... It's been 10 years of the same crap. It's like enough already. Sick of it. Sick of these people. First of all, you need some new blood, like younger blood, like people without blood thinner, like people that are not on all sorts of medications and under the age of 60. Under the age of 60, that's not asking a lot, is it? Not really. (laughs) I mean... I'm not saying like I mean, that's a pretty the, high bar. I'm not saying like 40 or something. You have to sneak as a high bar for doing the limbo. Yeah. Lim, yeah. Limbo. Whatever limbo. it's called. It's not limbo. It's a, what is it? The limbo. The limbo. Is yeah, it the, the limbo, limbo? Yeah. We have to lean backwards and go to the bar. The limbo competition. Yeah. Make it six foot high and then you can oh. walk <laughs> under it. Um, in M&A news, merger and acquisition news. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Gold giant Newmont Corp secured a $2.8 billion, which Aussie, but it's about $20 billion, deal to buy Australian rival Newcrest Mining to um, position as the world's biggest bullion producer. Bullion. Bullion is, well, you could use bullion a couple of different ways. One is gold and one is chicken stock. It's chicken soup. Yeah, chicken soup, <laughs> same thing. So this is not, this gold, gold bullion. It's not chicken bullion or, or beef bullion. <laughs> But anyway, they're going to be, I hope that's what they're buying at least. Uh, we're going to have mines across America, Africa, Australia, Papua New Guinea. Uh, Newmont's always been a big player. What's interesting about this is that uh, that I saw was it's, it's one of the largest deals ever in the gold in the gold industry. And um, it, Newcrest had some problems in 19 when they were trying to do a deal and just all sorts of bad things happened. But what I found was interesting is that they went into this deal and, and they do have some extra amount of currency due to the fact that gold is at such a high price. But however, you're also doing this when gold is such a high price. So therefore their buy is going to be at a high price. Yeah. They're banking on the fact that this is a floor for gold. Exactly. I just find it really interesting. Whether it is or not, I think it might be 2000 an ounce kind of. I would I would personally like to buy things on the cheap. Yeah, where were you when it was uh, 1400 yeah, Why not start picking up, you know, things around town? Especially about- if you're in that business. I hope this doesn't, sig- you know, kind of signal a little bit of a top here. I, I like gold right now, so I like gold. I like gold. It might signal a top. It's always uh, makes nothing but sense, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, McDonald's burning again, now a four-year-old, right here in in Fort Lauderdale area, as a matter of fact. I don't know. you remember that whole McDonald's coffee lawsuit shenanigans, the whole— Yeah, that was like 20 years ago. Right. And coffee spilled on a woman. Co- Listen, McDonald's coffee back then was hot. Hot. There's no question that when you got it, you're like, okay, that's hot. And then I guess they adjusted it. But McDonald's and a franchise holder are at fault after a hot chicken McNugget from a Happy Meal, fell on a little girl's leg and caused second-degree burns. That's a hot chicken McNugget. It's a very hot chicken McNugget. Jurors found the franchise holder liable for negligence and failure to warn customers about the risk of hot food. Now, I'd just like to stay on that for a moment. McDonald's itself, USA, was liable for failing to provide instructions for safe handling of the food. I don't know what you do is you have to, I guess, before you get a Happy Meal, you have to sign a release and disclaimer that you read the instructions about the Happy well, this, Meal. Well, this harkens back to the, do we have to, are we all such children that we don't understand, even though it was a child that was burned, but at the same time, are we all such children that we don't have any sense whatsoever? 
if the parent, I'm assuming that the child who was what, four years yes, old? Yes, the child did not drive up to the window herself, himself. No? Oh, oh, oh. Or didn't go up to the counter and buy it. Either right. one. Somehow it got to the, no, and McDonald's is not known for their, their service, their table service. Right? It wasn't like they were sitting at tables delivered. No, there's nobody coming by as a waiter. No, no. Yeah. So this hot chicken nugget, how come the parent didn't get like any kind of child negligence or sub child something? Maybe even have the child removed from her care due to her. Yeah, now you're talking. I don't understand. This, I, I had a, this issue came up on the No Agenda show. There was a shooting in Serbia or something, school shooting, just like the ones we have. The kid, I think, was 16, 17, whatever. Uh, the parents were arrested. The parents were arrested. The parents were arrested. The kid was, you know, he was a minor. It's not his fault. The parents were arrested. If the parents would be more responsible, they should be arrested. The parents should have been sued for the burnt chicken. This is, I mean, you should probably not be serving a hot meal. Why can't you get him a salad or something like that? And by the way, this seems to me... How dare I say this? Because I don't know who the people are. You know, it looks and smells a little bit like a slip and fall at Walmart to me. The new version. Yeah, I don't know how they get that second degree. They'd have to get a doctor to sign off on that second degree burn. I'm sure that's provable, by the way. I'm certain that's provable. I'm not even denying that it isn't a second degree burn. All I'm saying is, in life, things happen. I mean, how much money did they get? I don't even know how much money they got. But the attorney completely got money. And this is what drives up your price. You want to talk about inflation? You got to look at this kind of thing as a part of the package. It's very frustrating. Onward to the next topic. We sound like a couple of old farts. Uh, all right, John. <laughs> fast, <laughs> fast forward. Uh, extradition, British tech. Now, this is something you may know about. Uh, I think you do. Uh, British tech entrepreneur Mike Lynch has been extradited to the U.S. to face fraud charges in relation to the sale of his software company, Autonomy. Remember that one? To HP. Oh, yeah. Right? Autonomy was sold to HP a number of years ago. He faces charges of securities and wire fraud in relation to the sale of his company to HP for $11 billion because he seemingly boosted values when he sold it to HP, like some sales deals and numbers and all sorts of stuff. Now, what you do. What you do in $11 billion acquisition? Do you think somebody can hire forensic accountants? For 11 billion bucks? Yeah, you wouldn't think? you pay a million dollars? A little more due diligence would be in order by HP. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. They walked in it like, you know, a hot orangutan looking at, a, you know, the, another uh, hot uh, a monkey. They're all excited about this thing. They got all lathered up. They bought this thing. They didn't even look, it seems. I don't know. The entrepreneur was attended an arraignment hearing on Thursday, ordered to pay $100 million in bail to be released on house arrest. I guess he was a flight risk, I assume. That's crazy, right? Yeah. How did they get duped? I always I mean, wonder. Yeah, this is not the first time. Uh, uh, talking about... Uh, Crazy things in the world. Pope, we got some crazy news things this week. Uh, the Pope, 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 said that uh, starting a family in Italy has become a titanic effort that only the rich can afford. Births in Italy have dropped below 400,000 in 2022 for the first time, registering a 14th consecutive annual fall with the overall population declining by 179,000 to 58.85 million. He said the free market without the necessary corrective measures, becomes savage and produces increasingly serious situations and inequities. No, in, 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 sorry, inequalities. Yeah. What the yeah, hell? You have to remember this Pope is a, uh, this Pope is a uh, socialist, A. Um, secondly, when Italy was a poor country, they didn't have any troubles. So there's some, there's some bull crap here. Well, that's what he's saying. It's, it's, he's saying it's, it's it's gotten to be a rich country now. Nobody's given birth. I guess they're just philandering around, playing, and just they don't want to have a kid to screw up their good time. Right. The Pope said yeah. pets were replacing. There's the big line here. The Pope said pets were replacing children in some households, 
and recounted how a woman at a recent audience had opened her bag and asked the, for a papal blessing for her baby, only to reveal that it was a dog. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> People are crazy. I have a friend I went out with the other night, and he says, I'm not kidding about this either. He says, uh, you know, I had some issues with the dog. I'm like, what, what happened? Well, it was me. I'm like, uh-huh. I apologized. I said, you, what do you mean you apologized? He's like, yeah, I, had to I apologized. I said, do you, seriously, I, I don't mean to. I usually would let this go, but I just couldn't do it. I'm like, do you know the probably the dog didn't understand what you were saying and why you were saying that because they don't really speak the same language at all? And he says, eh, he knows my feelings. He knows. I'm like, okay, let it go. Let's move on. Seriously, I'm like, I was like, uh, you know. They call fur babies for a reason. My daughter buys this crazy food. The dog was over my house. So my son brings over this big thing of his dog. He's got a bigger dog. He brings over, uh, and, and she's a puppy, uh, his dog. Beautiful little little dog. And um, uh, it's, uh, what is it now? It's a uh, Irish cream, uh, not lab, not French. Uh, anyway, it's it's not nice an dog. Irish wolfhound. No, it's like no, no. It's 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 a everybody has these. What the hell is it called? It's like the laziest dog ever. It's a great dog. Oh, that's most dogs. But anyway. go on. So it brings over some dry food. Give her a cup every morning, every evening. That's it. My daughter comes over with these frozen things that I got to defrost for the dog, and give the dog these blocks that look like soil and green. You know, it's crazy. Spoiled dog, worst yeah. thing in the world. Right. I, the longest lived dog I ever had went to 24 years old. Wow. Fed him nothing but humans, but scraps. Wow. From dinner, spaghetti, or leftover steak, whatever. Whatever it was, that's what he ate. Hmm. That's what dogs are, they, they, their whole genetic breeding is from eating scraps. That's the whole thing. Right. Crazy. Um, okay, here's a big bad bit of news. You have to see this to believe this. Big doings in the world of badminton. The world governing body of badminton has approved an interim ban on the new spin serve in all of its international tournaments until further consultation at their annual general meeting later this month. It's unhittable. You should see this thing. It's unhittable. You take that shuttlecock and you spin it with your two fingers and you wait till it drops a little bit and you hit just on the little, whatever that pink thing is. It's similar to the Sadek serve, S-I-D-E-K, which was banned after the technique, which involved slicing the shuttle across its feathers, created an uproar in the 1980s. So the amendment of the laws of the sport now states that the server should release the shuttle without adding spin as they look to improve rallies after the spin serve propped up to be a tough to return. So if you look this up on YouTube. I'd like to look it up because I, I I think the game of badminton is a fabulous game because it has this kind of slow motion uh, aspect to it. But i like to know what this thing, what does it do when it comes dropping back down? The guy hits it right in the net. Hits it right in the net. Hits it right in the net. <laughs> I can't get it. Ram, bam, right in the net. Right in the net. Time you can't even, you, you can't loft it over the net. It, seemingly if you do that, you're going to, it's, it's, you need so much that it goes out. Hmm. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty ugly. All right. The other piece of information I think we need to uh, uh, know in terms of the kind of uh, interesting areas. And by the way, uh, John mentioned earlier No Agenda, the No Agenda show with uh, Adam Curry and, and uh, John Dvorak. And I, it's, I, I see that Adam now, they're really, they're really ramping up this Curry and the Keeper. Have you seen that? I didn't know they were ramping it up any more than ever. I got an email now, a whole email with the whole thing, a whole thing. About, it's like a whole, it's like a fully they're sending produced. You, they're sending you promotional emails? I got an email today, which is fine with me. It's fine. I, I like it. But I just, I was like, wow. Well, forward it to me. I haven't seen this all thing. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very nice. It's all about, you know, what they How'd do. How you get on their mailing list? I know them. They probably put me on their mailing list. I don't know. Hmm. But I thought it was nice. A lot of nice graphics, a lot of wine stuff. You could become a sommelier. Uh, that's what the show's really about. Yeah, it's about drinking. It's an excuse for them to drink. Yeah. I like it. 
Nobody really needs an excuse, but they, you know, I like it. Well, this um, is theirs. Well, anyway, the point is the um, Curry and the Dvorak, <laughs> the uh, No Agenda show, is uh, Thursdays and Sundays at 2 p.m. Is it 2 p.m.? Yeah, it moved. What it used to be? 12. Now it's 2. Eastern, yes. Eastern time, 2 p.m. You got to listen to this show as a deconstructive, de deconstructing of the of the news in a very, 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 very best. And not to mention all the, 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 the incredible production in terms of the live production, by the way, live production that is just, just you can't beat it uh, with, with the jingles and the things and just amazing. So check that out. Uh, no agenda show, of course. Discipline Investor is on uh, every Sunday. We have some great guests. Tommy Thornton is on right now. Hedge fund uh, manager and a newsletter writer is on this week. We got a, a bank or a local banker coming on in a couple of weeks. We got uh, one of the major guys from Franklin Templeton uh, coming on. Uh, we have, who else do we have? Lots of other people. Uh, doctor, oh, Dr. Richard Smith, the, the doctor of uncertainty. Doctor of uncertainty. Anyway, <laughs> all that's coming up. Uh Swimsuit, have you been following any of the latest updates from Sports Illustrated? You know, there was an interesting guy, one of the uh, uh, guests on Fox, talking about the Durham, Dur Durham report. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about how the mainstream media hasn't given a hoot about the Durham report, which talks about corruption and government. But they've given nothing but the hours and hours to who gives a shit Martha Stewart on the cover of a couple of the Sports Illustrated. So I guess they they have a variety of covers, and some of them have different people on them, as if this was news. Well, I brought you a picture just to disturb you to no end. <laughs> this picture will be on the show notes for this episode, which is episode 654 on DH Unplugged. And I am going to allow you to open it and... Give me a quick overview of what you see. Okay. First of all, she's 80. 81, actually. 81. 81. She's still yeah. in your, she's within your league, within your range. She's older than me by a lot. I know that. Uh, I do know a guy who dated her, though. Really? Yeah. Uh, Simone up at Microsoft he used to date her all the time. <laughs> Charles Simone. Uh, who invented uh, a lot of stuff. He's very famous. Uh, yeah, I don't think this picture is very, uh, is, is, is very, I mean, she's pretty because she got so much makeup on it. I mean, they loaded her up. I saw some v videos of that, but you know, it's a bit much. Just to say nah. that, uh, not the most flattering picture of her midsection. No, no. She looks like she's got a gut. Yeah. She's got something going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they could have done a better job. Yeah, they could have like covered her up. <laughs> well, they could have just had it. <laughs> yeah, they could have done that, or they could have had her stretched out a little bit so they could yeah. airbrush, the, yeah. the, you know, right. airbrush her to make her look like she's twenty-two. A little different shadowing yeah. instead of the round. You know, the Photoshop lives. You know, it just uh, it's, it's, it's meant to be used for situations. This like is this. what it was invented for. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Uh, Emeritus, have you ever flown uh, Emeritus Airlines? Never. You know who they are, right? No. They're the airline for Dubai, the Dubai-based uh, EM. Oh, Emirates. That's what I said. What did I say? Emeritus. Emer said Emeritus. Emeritus or ah, something. Whatever I said. Emirates, yes. Yes, I have flown Emirates. And? Oh, it's fabulous. Yeah, I hear great things. But the, you know what the, the, the classic is? Mm. You know, they're always rated highly by the airline magazines and stuff. Just before you land, about, I'd say, a half an hour before you land, they come by mm -hmm. with these ballots from the various magazines. Mm. And they and they give them to you and stand over you oh. until you check the right nice. boxes. Nice. I like it. And you check, excellent, the best I've ever flown, and all this stuff. And then they finally move on to the next person. It's hilarious. That's great. That's good. It's one way to get your numbers up. Sure. Well, the Dubai-based Dubai airline... Emeritus, Emirates. What I Emirates. Say? What's my problem with Emeritus? Emeritus. I don't know. Emirates. Emirates. I know what it is. It just didn't come out right. Uh, logs record profits of three billion dollars as passenger numbers surged by 123 percent. They reported record profit and revenue figures Thursday of last week for ending the year of April 2023. 
with customer numbers booming as the majority of pandemic-induced travel restrictions were lifted. So everybody's going. They're going. I think there's a direct flight out of Fort Lauderdale uh, with Emirates now. Probably straight to Dubai. Yeah, they do. I have some friends that are on there often. He, My friend is, uh, he used to live in, in, in Canada, and they would go there often during the winters. And now he's lives in Florida, and he goes, you know, twice in the wintertime. I said, what are you doing? He goes, well, we're Florida used to- in the winter is your yeah. absolute best time to be he's, in Florida. He says to me, I don't understand what I'm doing either. My wife and I got used to doing it, and she keeps booking these trips over there. But I live in this area now that's beautiful. Why am I going? I said, I know. And by the and in Dubai, it's not pleasant. It's too hot. It's very hot there. U.S. Airlines, though, on the other hand, are shifting travel patterns um, and, and, and plans and things because consumers are, are shifting. And they're calling this in the post-pandemic world are forcing airlines to guess at what is the new normal as they seek to adjust by cutting flights, revamping networks, and packing even more passengers into planes. Yeah. They're also, I bought a ticket recently. It was $55. You're going to get, you're going to, wait, what? I bought a $55 ticket to Myrtle Beach. So the uh, the way you want to do it, if you're running a business, you want to worsen your product, cheapen your product, make people miserable, and maybe that'll get them to come. Yes. By the way, uh, let me let me tell you the the, the 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 end of the story. That fifty dollar ticket ended up costing me four hundred dollars one way. And why was that? My golf clubs. I was sitting up uh. front, and I'm bringing a bag. And somehow that ended up being $400. Well, you didn't get away with a 55 buck ticket after all now, I, did you? Not, not, not even close. Not even, not even close. You know, it's, it's crazy. As a matter of fact, I downloaded, this is a true story. Well, part of it's true. I downloaded the Spirit app today just to have it for the check-in and all that. You know what I mean? When, when I'm traveling. Yeah. And, and, and I checked to see the seats that are available. It was a $2 charge. But two dollar charge just to see what's <laughs> just to look, just to open the app. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Anyway, it's very believable. Uh, um, there's a six percent drop in airline shares from the high in January. Tra- passenger traffic uh, on average has fallen about fourteen percent on Tuesdays and Wednesdays compared to Mondays, and then it rebounds on Thursdays. I don't know. Huh. Weird. So we also have uh, SoftBank. Now, SoftBank was the company we always talk about that the Vision Fund and the Myasasan, was that his name, Myasasan? Myasasan, right? Mayoshi-san. Yeah, Mayoshi-san. He he did the whole gamma squeeze where they'd buy the -the out-of-the-money options and they would push the shares. That was it. Anyway, so, you know, everybody was like, you know, that was great for a minute. Well, they recorded... A record loss for its vision fund as a recent rally in tech stocks has done little to help another difficult year for the flagship investment unit. The Japanese giant's vision fund segment posted a $32 billion loss for the fiscal year ending March 31st versus a, uh, I would say, about $15 billion loss in the same period a year before. I'm converting yen to dollars here. Uh, in the year before. So an, a, another year ago, so he said, you know, this is unbelievable. About a year ago, he said SoftBank would go into the defensive mode amid the headwinds and become more disciplined with his investments. Now, I got to talk to you about this. The head of the deal. Can you imagine if I said to my clients, you know what? We're going to go more disciplined and uh, we're going to go more uh, conservative and, you know, really um, be defensive and, and be a little bit more disciplined with my investing. Like, what were you doing? Just throwing money around? Yeah, that's a good point. What does that even mean? That means that obviously they've done a really crappy job and they just blew a lot of money because they were just undisciplined. That doesn't mean, oh, I bought this because we looked at that and it looked okay and we added money. No, it sounds like they really did a lot of very bad dealings. Very bad. I don't know how these guys stay in business. It's government funded, in my opinion. It's got well, there's be. something up, that's yeah. for sure. New York City area out of whack. Rents for primary residences in New York and Jersey City and Newark, New Jersey 
in that entire region, rents rose 6.1% in the 12 months through April, the biggest increase since 2005, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Now, consider that commercial vacancies in those areas are at a high. And you got to wonder what's happening, right? Yeah, what's happening? It seems to me that the reason potentially that commercial vacancies are at a high is because people are working from home and therefore the people that are living there are committed to paying technically the cost of their apartment and their office in one, one, one fell swoop. If I was working at home, why would I live in New York city? Well, because maybe they're going to eventually call you back and you can't leave. Who knows? But I think that one of the big things that happened was the transition or, or maybe even the imposition of this cost factor. People are, you're not getting paid. You can't even deduct it for the most part if you have an office. And people, you know, those people that that, that are truly work from homers, they got like a little desk with a laptop and a couple of screens and a headset, right? You know what I'm talking about? In a corner. Like I've seen Typically, people. Typically, yeah. yeah. How do you Two work like that? Sure. It seems awful. It sounds like, it seems like a mouse in a cage. You need a little bit of breathing room to work, don't you? Get up, well, walk you around know, a little bit. You can, you can make your home office pretty big. I suppose. But that's what I'm thinking is going on there. It seems kind of crazy. Uh, Best Buy. Best Buy said, said it's going to double down on its membership program as consumers buy fewer discretionary items. So I don't know what this membership program is. I guess they said that the program have three tiers, including a load of- I've never heard of this. Yeah, Best Buy is looking for ways to make money, of course, and drive customers' loyalty as it deals with a drop in demand. So starting June 27th, the program will have three tiers, including a lower-priced option that offers perks like exclusive discounts and access to hot products. I'm sorry, but if there's a hot product out there, somebody else is going to have it. I don't need to be on a special list. They said the program will also have a new name, My Best Buy Memberships. My Best Buy Memberships. This is not a good idea. The new $44.99 per year subscription too high. includes members-only prices, free two-day uh, shipping with meh. no minimum purchase, and an extended return policy. Hmm. No good, right? I don't know what this members-only prices is. When you know, no, in, Until recently, you could always go into Best Buy. If they had something that you could find online that was cheaper, they'd give it to you for that price Correct. straight up. No, no questions asked. Right. In fact, I went in there once to buy something, and the guy says, let's look online and see if it's cheaper anyplace else. Yeah. The guy at Best Buy. Yeah. And he went through the computer, and he went and found a cheaper version for like $20, $30 cheaper, and that's what I got it for. Same thing with like an Office Depot. Office Depot, if you, like inks. Inks are always like $4 higher for your printers at Office Depot. Like just flash them a, a, a page out of Amazon. As long as Amazon ships it, sold and shipped by Amazon, they, they honor it. Yeah, well, there you go. That's yep. where it should be. Yep. We saw a resurgence in the Microsoft Activision deal. Eurozone uh, was, uh, you know, came in and all of a sudden said, you know what? Good to go. Because we saw that UK said, no good, not happening. We're not allowing this. Microsoft faltering $69 billion bid to buy the video game company Activision Blizzard received a glimmer of hope on Monday when the EU regulators approved what would be the largest consumer tech deal in two decades. So I don't know. Maybe they they they, they supposedly Microsoft gave a couple of concessions. Um, uh, bribe somebody? How maybe, about that? Yeah, possibly. Uh, give a little money. UK still blocking. US still not there. So they concluded that the deal could go through, particularly because the cloud gaming market will be still so small. But does it matter how big the market is if you have a monopoly on the game and the device that it plays on? I don't know. Shouldn't don't no. Know. I don't, I I wouldn't I wouldn't approve this. Uh, let's see. AI news. Google reintroduced its AI tools and provided a video walkthrough, which was probably a very good after idea after what happened last time. <laughs> now, yeah, and this is it's funny. We're only talking about a, what two months later. All of a sudden, they fixed their little glitches. They didn't fix fix anything, and everybody's they all excited. Came up with a video. It took them two months to do a video. Yeah, everybody's all excited. Now, several companies are working with Google to see how AI can benefit their firms. The main issue here is that they're looking for cost-cutting and ways to drive business. 
Now, let me ask you something. Is that unique to AI? No, We're looking for not. cost cutting and ways to drive business. That's like another phrase, just take it off the shelf. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, everybody likes Google again. Everybody likes Alphabet again. Hey, you know, it was a crap for a it's while. The same old same. This is like continuing resolution. There's the shit's on the shelf. Let's take it and use it. Yep. And now Amazon plans to bring chat GPT style product search to its web store. Why? Availing efforts uh, by Microsoft and Google to weave generative artificial intelligence into their search engines. I know how to search for stuff. Now, do you know how we got this article? This, 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 uh, Storyline. I, I want to go over this again. This was a storyline. And I threw it out at you for a reason. Because it's a story. Somebody reported on this, right? Yeah. Amazon plans to bring chat GPT style product search to his web store, availing efforts, arriving efforts by Microsoft Corp and Google to weave generative artificial intelligence into their search engines. Read a little bit further, a little bit further. The way they got this information was that Bloomberg is making this assertion or assertion in the case with this may be as they look through the job postings for Amazon. I like assertion. It's a good word. Yeah. Yes. Make an ass out of you and me, I guess. Uh, oh, that's a different word. Uh, but, but they're, 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 I'm, I'm not doing well tonight. <laughs> All my words. But they make the assertion as they look through job postings for yeah, Amazon. That's what Bloomberg's done for years. So basically they make this whole, thing up of what they're going to use chat GPT style product search for by going through a job posting that says we need somebody that can program. Well, it's probably very specific. Yeah. I don't know. Well, they, they also have a, you can also get a stooge to apply for the job and get more information and then you write it up. But they're way off from integrating the, the, it looked like the headline and the way the stock reacted to this. Oh yeah. Sounds integrated. It's not even there yet. It's not even started yet. Uh, give it two years. Right. But we're all jacked up about it. That's how it goes. We get excited. Uh, PacWest, we mentioned that, is the close to the pin. If you haven't done so, I think you got another. Let's see what it says here. Enter your price guess for another three days, two hours, ten minutes, and eight, seven, six, five seconds over on dhunplug.com. Of course, you can win a great shirt and uh, accolades, as well as a entry into the end-of-year Close to the pin cup, which is highly coveted for the trophy. Beautiful trophy. Big trophy. Not this small little thing. It's heavy. Heavy trophy. Now you want to get the biggest one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We start a little bit early. Should we? Last year was a bowling trophy, wasn't it? It would look like a bowling trophy, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. And you don't have to give it back. It's not one of those trophies that after you win it, you... Kiss it. Oh, it's not like the Stanley Cup. No, or no, no, no. You don't put it on the mantle and then have to give it back and we send it off to the next guy. No, 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 no. Everybody gets a new one every year. Save your own trophy. And, you know, a lot of people, what they do is they, they, they fill it up with beer and they drink out of it. That's how big it is. Crazy. Let's get that to the game. Crazy. Let's get to the game. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discuss in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. What do you think? Well, let's take a look. Uh, the gold thing, was that mine? No. That's mine. That's mine. It got whacked. It got whacked. Uh, Apple, short. Was that mine? That's mine. Oh, it's got down. I think it's a setup here. Uh, Summit Therapeutics, which is my recent pick, is up 30%. It's off. Uh, got blown off. It's, it's also off. Down. I see. Yeah, it's off. It was down also 15% today. It, it, the the well, it got out at 30%. That's good. It's good. Uh, everything else is pretty st stable, I think. Uh, you're still, you know, your real specialty is hanging in there high, 25% up, which is 
Hoka shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Decker's Outdoors. Your uh, your real something. You got it. You have it. You have the knack. <laughs> when it comes to shoes, I'm the shoe man. When it comes to shoes shoe and feet yeah. in general. Shoe man. Uh, so I have one pick I want to put on here. This is a, I haven't done this for a while. This is the, uh, the famous descending triangle. Ooh. Always a winner. And in this case, the company is Zentech. It's a penny stock, buck 45, I think it's trading at. What's the symbol? Uh, Z-T-E-K. Zentech. It's at uh, buck 46. Oh. Ooh. So, okay. You know, 20% on that if I could. Uh, yep. 17. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Okay. So, there's interesting stuff, though. I mean, it's like, for some reason, a bunch of insiders are selling Constellation brands at 226 bucks or so. It's a big dis- distribution winery. They own a bunch of, they with tons of wineries and distillers. A lot of these companies in the area of, uh, what happened is the the business changed very quickly. So people got really jacked up about alcohol during COVID, right? That really sent many of these companies flying high. There's a lot of consolidation in the industry. Yeah. Then what happened was uh, there was all of a sudden these hard seltzers that came out, right? There was like just just blowing out. Those. And then what tons. happened with the hard seltzers is they went they went south. All of a sudden, nobody wants them because that, now there's further good reason. Yeah, now there's further alternatives. Now we have something called an entirely new drink category called RTDs. You know what the RTDs are? No. Ready to drinks. Oh, already pre-mixed cocktails? Pre-mixed cocktails. It's not new. I remember 35 years ago when Jim Beam came out with the Jim Beam and Coke in a can. Yep, that's what it's like. Yeah. Big, 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 big. This is not new. But it's it's become, it's, it's, nobody wants to mix anymore. Well, you know why? Oh, yeah, nobody was because the boom, you nailed it. People are too lazy to make too their lazy. own damn drinks. Right. What does it take? And the second thing is, those drinks have got to be better than, you know, flavored vodka or whatever, you know, some of these uh, seltzer, lemon, or what is it, cantaloupe flavored seltzer. <laughs> cantaloupe passion fruit. Yeah, something like that. Those aren't even drinks. They're just like some flavoring in a vodka. <laughs> And the cost differential. I told you, I went to buy, I went to buy, I don't know if I told you this, I went to buy spiced rum. Did I tell you this in coconut rum? I no, went, no, not in this show. I went to buy, so I'm, um, so I'm chairing a, 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 the committee that is planning a Atlantic crossing next month. We're going, a bunch of us, about 25 boats over to Bimini. And we took Bimini. over the hotel, Bimini to the Bahamas. We took over the hotel. Uh, and we have parties and we have things and we have bands and we, I, I planned all this. Okay. With my committee, That's you. with my committee. Yeah. So, uh, we have this whole big thing. And, uh, one of the things I decided this year is, Hey, you know what we're gonna do since we have about 25 boats, the theme is Goombay smash. That is the theme. It's an Island theme for the weekend, which is very fitting for this very easy. And I decided, you know what? We're going to give each boat a pre-mixed gallon of Goombay Smash, which is a drink. It's like a rum punch drink. Okay. So we had my bar guys calculate how many, you know, ounces and how many bottles we'll need of the various ingredients, inclusive of things like um, apricot brandy, coconut rum, and spice rum. And there's some orange juice in there as well and, and, and pineapple juice. So they calculated. I go over to uh, Total Wine, and I'm like, okay, look, I need, uh, I need the... Coconut rum, I need the spice rum. Okay, well, do you want the liter or the liter seven? So 1.75. So let me look. So the spice rum is $18.79 for the one liter. The one point seven. a little pricey for spiced rum. For for one liter, though. Big, big for the 1.75 mm-hmm. is $18.19. Oh, that makes no sense. I'm like, I will take a case of that. Same thing for the coconut rum. Same thing. I'm like, okay, I'll take it. How crazy is that? It's totally nuts. I wasn't going to explain to them that it was wrong. I just took it. No, why bother? No, I'm not. I'm not going through oh, that. Twice as much for the same price. Yeah, I have. To, I'll take that. Exactly. Not quite twice as much, but 1.75 is almost twice as much. Right, but the thing is that the ready to drinks. There's probably so much more profitability built into that, even with the cans. Oh yeah. 
Got to be. Because people can't make a, you know, a, a They can't figure drink. it out. It's too much work. Too much work to make a gin and, a gin and tonic. Gin and tonic. What's in wow. that drink? What Wait, a, I need, what's what the stretch. recipe? What's the recipe? What's the recipe for a gin and tonic? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. Yep. All right. Until, no, not next week. Nay, no. Until two weeks from now, uh, I wish you the best and I'll see you around the corner. Okay. I'll look forward to that. Adios. Yep. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, because I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the icy stare. Cause I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.